Hey, I'm Aubrey. And I'm Jordan. We want to welcome you to the Peace of Authenticity podcast. Please join in on the conversation. What's going on, everybody? Hello. What number is this? Eight? Is it nine? Nine. Nine. Oh, my gosh. We're almost in the double digits. Yeah. It's amazing. Number nine. It's amazing. Thank you, guys, for everybody that continues to listen to the podcast. We're so thankful for you. We're so grateful for your support. Thank you um, for, for being with us on this journey. Yeah. And today we're recording um, on a Saturday, and this is September 25th, right? 25th? 26th. 26th, okay. Yeah. Well, today is the day of the prayer march in um, Washington, D.C., and um, we've been watching a little bit of it, and it's just like, man, that is some amazing stuff. I'm literally filled with so much hope, and I'm just overwhelmed with like, I'm going to try not to get emotional because Aubrey walked in from the gym, and I'm like, yeah, that, <laughs> like I was just crying. It's it's oh. powerful because it's it's people of every of every race. Yeah, of of different denominations yeah. that are all just coming together and they're marching around this nation's capital and they're praying. They're they're putting their feet into action and mm-hmm. they're 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 not just talking about it, but they're being yeah. about it. They're not like the people on Facebook that'll just comment, yes, praying. Yeah. You know, or they're actually getting in there. Pastors from all over the nation are going and marching around our nation's capital and just saying, Lord, enough is enough. We need you. Mm-hmm. We have to have you. We can't do this without you. Oh, and it's just that the power of intercession. Yeah. What we have is people living in this nation. That's one nation under God, claiming that and like walking around. Like I'm just already, yeah, yeah. just making me wish. Well, it's it's the it's the first it's the first line of defense. Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, I think we talked about this on previous podcasts about how a lot of people use it as their last line of defense. They try everything else in their own strength, mm-hmm. and I believe that we've done that as Americans. We've tried to do everything. From talking about politics to who should be president to who we should elect to, to right now, who should be the newest Supreme Court justice? Mm-hmm. You know, should Trump be able to elect a Supreme Court justice? You know, we're all trying to do things in our own strength and trying to say things. Well, okay, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? Finally, all these people said, "Enough is enough. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we're just gonna walk around the nation's capital." And surround it with the only weapon that we have. People that are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my yes. face. Oh. Yes. We, we, we have boots on the ground in Washington, D.C. today, which I know everybody listening, this you might be listening on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That, that's okay. The timing doesn't matter. You happened. can Right. You yeah. can go back and watch the videos from what's happening. Or maybe even... I shared even, it on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe even you're lo- looking at it right now. Yeah. But what, a, what an amazing time. Yeah. That we live well, in. What's so, what I think is so important about our mindset, because I know this is going a little bit different from what we were thinking, but we'll, we'll go right into it. It'll be seamless. But just having that mindset of hope uh, and, and looking at what God's doing, because it's easy to see, it's easy to see what the enemy's doing and what, 
just man and flesh is doing and it's yeah. not pretty and it's not good but then changing our mindset not not just pretending what the enemy's doing is not real or not happening but just looking at what god's doing and looking at the the hope that we have for this nation of america the hope we have for the world and the hope yeah. that we have um tomorrow and the next day that he's a god that never fails that he's a god that's faithful till the end you know he's i change not he says and you've seen you know, we read what he did in the Bible years and years and years ago. He's, he's the same God then mm-hmm. as he is today. I just think that there's so many distractions now and so many things that we've tend Like, I think we tend to think as Christ followers, like, no, like God just did that. That was like Bible times. He had to like do big stuff. But now, I mean, you know, we see him in the tiny things and that's nice. But And it's true, but he's still a God of miracles. He's still a God of breakthrough. He's still a God. And we have to realize that, mm-hmm. that he's still the same God. Because he says, I'm the same today, tomorrow, and forever. And yesterday, and like, man, it's just we got to believe in the strength that the authority that we have to call upon the name of the Lord Mm -hmm. and just what he can do and who he is. Yeah. Actually that does go into what we're about to talk about. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I, I believe that the word, the word says, I am the Lord, your God. I change not. Yeah. I mean, that says it right there. Mm -hmm. If God, if God doesn't change, then, then what's the difference? Mm -hmm. We've changed. Yeah. And that does lead us segue into what we actually wanted to talk about today. We, we want to talk about what does it really mean to be a friend of God? Mm-hmm. What, it, what does that really mean? Because a lot of us, a lot of us have this perception. And, and I'll call it a perception because there's, there's no way to factfully prove that this is, is a real thing. But a lot of us have this perception that says... I go to church every mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. I'm a good person. You know, I don't cause waves. I don't I don't do anything. I I I live a good life. I'm a person of character. Mm-hmm. And that makes me a friend of God. But the reality is, and and I'll say it like this, it, it it's not just enough to know who God is or to know what God can do. Mm-hmm. You have to know him intimately yeah like the, the the bible says that when you come when you come and you're praying to speak to the lord as though you're speaking to a friend i've prayed over meals for the majority of my life and done mm-hmm. a lot of things like that but it's always so formal it's always yeah heavenly father blah 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 and, and i'm not saying that that's a bad thing but i'm saying though the bible says to come to him as though he's your friend. Mm-hmm. A friend is somebody that you can just talk to, that you can open up and share your heart with. And, and the excuse that a lot of people use is, well, God knows my heart. Yes, God does know your heart. Mm-hmm. But God wants to have the type of relationship with you to where he's saying, even though I know what's going on, I want to hear it from you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the the separation there that says people just don't know how to become a friend of God. And that segues into something that the Lord was just speaking to me is that we've both been through sozos. And if you don't know what sozos are, it's just digging deep down to see some deep-rooted things that might need to be brought up for your healing and, you know, deliverance and certain issues in your life. 
Yeah, if you and want a sozo, we know we know somebody that does. We it. know a chick, and she good. Yeah, she'll, she'll get to the bottom of your um, stuff. Let's for just real. say um, she will read your mail. No, it's fine. But I went to my sozo, and she'll ask these questions. She'll ask you to ask the Lord. That's what's so amazing about it, because mm-hmm. it says in the Bible, "My sheep hear my voice." Well, if you're a Christian, you hear the voice of God. So don't let the enemy lie to you and say you don't hear the voice of God. Yeah. Anyways, um, and so something that I found out was that usually our perception of God has to do with our uh, spirit, our uh, worldly father. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I can tell you right now that almost everybody that's a Christian has a great relationship with Jesus. They're like, yeah, man, Jesus is the best. I hang out with Jesus. I love Jesus. You know, Jesus is so awesome. And then, you know, if you're asked about the Holy Spirit, oh, I love the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives me insight, gives me, you know, you say all these things. And then like literally, like they'll be like, how do you feel about God? I love him. He's good, God. But it's kind of like you don't have the same kind of connection mm-hmm. with God. And I think that there's a lot of us out there. Maybe there's something with um, our earthly father or something that we're trying to compare. Like, oh, our earthly father is like this or did this or whatever it be. And then we look to our heavenly father in the same way, in the same lens mm-hmm. that we see our heavenly. Or, you know, just because of cir- cir- certain circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't able to get as close to our earthly father as we wanted to or whatever it be, you know, it never, it's different for everyone, but just realizing, am I not a friend of God because I'm pulled away because of something that's happened in my life, even with my earthly father, what's just happened in my life. I figured like, I can't be a friend of God. You're even shame. What are yeah. those things in the way? Asking yourself that first so you can truly be like what you're talking about, Aubrey, like that close with the Lord, you know, to consider yourself a friend of God. Yeah. Well, and, and the hangup is, like you said, life circumstances can can shift your focus of what being a friend of God looks like. Some people, you know, like like yourself, Jordan is is really super tight with, with her mom. I am. And And you guys, <laughs> like you guys get to be... Not only do you have the mother-daughter relationship, but uh-huh. you also built the friendship to where your mom is like the first person that you call, mm-hmm. you know, when, when good things happen, when bad things happen, yeah. like, like you have that, that relationship that's there. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the flip side of even my situation mm-hmm. of, of not having either one of my parents here yeah. to, to share in that and in losing my dad at 12 years old, it, it shifted my focus, um, because my dad was absent for most of my life and I was raised by a single mom, mm-hmm. I, God was always absent. Yeah, he was far away. He was far away. Just like just like I couldn't touch my earthly father because he was with my heavenly father, but they were both distant. They were so far away. They, they were so far removed from me or I was removed from them mm-hmm. that what's the point in, in building a relationship you know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there, there was that shift there yeah. that really took place. And so I never really understood what it was like to be able to call yourself a friend of God. Like I thought, okay, yeah, people go to church on Sundays. And, and the reason why we're even bringing up this subject is because for us, this was a thing too. Yeah. If you're a regular church going person, you know, you, you serve other people, you do a lot of these other things, mm-hmm. you're a friend of God. And it, and it makes it very works-based Yes. versus just being there, being, being present, 
mm. with the fog. That's so true. Cause I remember when I was younger, the first minute of my prayer was asking the Lord for forgiveness, but in shame, it wasn't like repentance you know, how we need to come to the Lord in repentance, you know, asking him forgiveness for things. Mm -hmm. But no, I was like, Oh God, I'm so sorry. I knew I didn't talk to you at all yesterday. And I feel like such a jerk and, uh, I'm, I feel like such a fake. I'm not a, the Christian I need to be. Yeah. And I would say all this and I'd be shaming myself coming to God. And God's like, no, just be with me. I want you to be with me. Yeah. Just be with me. It's okay. That was well, yesterday. That's the difference of repentance versus yeah. remorse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you have you have remorse because you didn't live up to this standard that you put yourself that you put yourself on. yeah, yeah. just like that you put yourself on that standard and you think okay this is the standard that God holds me to mm -hmm. when the Lord is just saying I just want to develop a relationship with you that's all He when, wants and 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 the Creator of the heavens and the earth is literally sitting here. Thinking about you, he, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For yeah. he 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 planned out everything yeah. before you were born, and for your whole life. You think about. I had a conversation with a guy today that that when we talked about humility, mm -hmm. humility is not hard to maintain as long as you realize that nothing is about you and it's all about yeah. God, and that the Creator of the heavens and the earth put all of these things in place specifically for you because he wants to have a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not making everything about us because God's not just going to bend over backwards for every little thing that we want. Yeah, yeah. But God's heart is for you to want to have a relationship with him like he wants to have with you mm -hmm. and not with all the bells and the whistles but you know what i'm saying but it, it's not about being remorseful that you don't have that it's about you know the repentance and remorse and, and un understanding the difference mm -hmm. because repentance takes you and it's a it's a heart issue that says i'm turning away from that old stuff and i'm chasing after god remorse just says lord i'm sorry that i keep doing this I'm and you don't worst. do anything to yeah. change and with remorse comes shame with mm -hmm. repentance comes forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that's what separates it. And one of the scriptures that, that I wanted to share today comes, you know, from Matthew chapter 7. Mm -hmm. And it starts in verse 21. And I'm going to read it from the New Living, but maybe somebody else has a different version that rings truer to them. But not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Mm -hmm. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. And I'm sitting here thinking about the people that... I just want everybody that's listening today to just simply ask yourself the question, what if somebody came up to you and just asked you, how do you know that you're a friend of God? We had this, we had this guy that used to come to the church. Jordan wanted me to share this <laughs> yes, story. Please. But there used to be a song, and maybe some of you from you know the 90s can relate. Um, but, oh, do you want uh, me to sing it for a second? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I am a friend of God. Yeah. I am a friend of God. So, yeah, so we're sitting here, face center, you know, dropping it like it's hot, you know. Uh, you know, I am a friend of God. And all of a sudden, we had this guest minister that walks up on the stage, 
and he he's he's on the mic and he just goes, "You're not a friend of God." And if you you can't really see me because this is a podcast and not a video, but he raised his hand way in the air and he said, "God is way up here," and he put his hand all the way close to the ground and he says, "We are down here." He's like, "So you can't possibly be a friend of God. Like God wow. is greater. Like in all these things and." And I, I've always thought about that, and it's always been funny to me. That story's been funny. because We it, say that all the time. Yeah, everybody in the church is just jaws hitting the floor, because this was like a church favorite song. I am the friend of God. <laughs> the worship leader yeah. was like, I'm such a failure. Oh, no, he wasn't. He's sitting there, and he goes, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, because you, you want to, especially when a guest speaker comes in, you want yeah. to impress the dude. And he gets up there mid-song. And I was like, you're not a friend of God. Like, it just goes, but that put a, that put a perspective in my head that always made me see God as way up here and I'm way down here and reinstated the distance factor. Well, it almost is even like in high school, there were, I know this sounds lame, but there were the popular kids and then there were the kids that were looked over. So it's almost like he was like, uh, God's the popular kid and you're this kid that nobody even realizes showed up to school. Okay. So just remember that. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? That's yeah. not right. And, and so you're sitting here and you're trying to say, okay, God wants to talk to me as though he's talking to me like a friend. And yeah. then some of us grew up in churches where we saw religion as I'm so yeah. low. Uh-huh. I'm just a sinner. Yeah. There's nothing great about me, you know, and, and, and we, we beat people down here. But then... Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 7, he's saying uh, that God wants to have a relationship with us. Mm-hmm. It's not about just doing the works. It's not about just going to church or doing all these things. He's saying, depart from me for I never knew you. Mm-hmm. So that means that it's our responsibility to not only know God and, and know that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but we have to not only know God, but he has to know us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a friendship. That's, that's a yeah. friendship. Yeah, it's, 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 get, it's, it's on both sides. It's mm-hmm. not just one way. If we're literally sitting here going, you know, and we know what God's all about, and it, technically he knows what we're all about. Yeah. But he wants to hear from you. He wants yeah. to hear about, he wants you to be transparent with him because we already know that he sees everything. Mm-hmm. So why do we pretend like, you know, when we slip up, the first thing that we should do is not out of shame or remorse, but mm-hmm. it's out of repentance. It's, it's a stance of your heart that says, man, Lord, I messed up. You and I both know. Well, the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes right. with the relationship with God, yeah. which is, it's all connected. Yeah. I mean, if you do something to one of your friends, yeah. right, and, and you really know that you messed up, you got to eat crow. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to understand if I want to keep this friendship. I'm going to have to humble myself and I'm going to have to repent for my actions and move on. Mm-hmm. But see, we, we do this, we do it different with the Lord where, you know, we, we apologize in a remorseful heart just to make ourselves feel better. And God's still sitting here saying, son, daughter, I, I want to know you. Mm-hmm. I want to build relationship with you. And we're we're just doing it like a check mark, just like Sunday morning church. Oh, went to church this week. Check, you know, check. Oh, uh, yeah, I messed up the other day, but I repented for, or you know, I, I I said I was sorry to the Lord. Check. 
and then like what we were talking about earlier that we put our lives in separate compartments mm-hmm. and we put our relationship with the Lord in this compartment in church we put our family life in this compartment. We put yeah. our work life in this compartment. And we put our hobbies in this compartment. And we try to take a little bit out of each compartment for certain days. But it all goes together. That's what it is to be a friend of God. That means that you're just like what we talked about two weeks ago with rest. It's just, you know, uh, Bill Johnson said every morning I wake up and I turn my affections to him. And before I go to bed, mm. I turn my affections to him. I think of him. I thank him. I love, you know, God, I love you so much. You're so... You're so good. I, I saw what you did today. Thank you for waking me up this morning. I love you. Just the simple things of turning our affection to him. It's not like spend 35 minutes in your quiet time with the Lord and make sure you read a full a full chapter of scripture. Yeah. It's so compartment, compartmental. Com- yeah. <laughs> compartmentalized. Yes. Goodness. I can't yeah. Say. Well, that's, that reminds me of, of what we just read. And, you know, it says... But but we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We performed miracles in your name. And he's still going to say, depart from me. Because oh, I never knew you. I just, that's that's good. You mm, Talk more about that. I mean. <laughs> that just hit me deep on my day. Yeah. Keep going. And, and like, I'm even sitting there all the time. And like, I'll just randomly be sitting there and just be like, Lord, I want to be your friend. It's like friendships don't last if one constantly just goes to the other when they yeah. want something. And that's what those, the people that are listed right there in Matthew 7 are ones that only come to spend time with God to get a word for somebody, yeah. to um, get something really good for their sermon, mm-hmm. to have the guts to talk to their friend because they know they need to. But it's not like coming to just commute and spend time with God mm-hmm. and fellowship with him. Yeah, And that's what breaks. It's hard. He's like, I didn't know you. You just came and you just asked me for stuff. That's the only mm-hmm. time I ever saw you. Yeah, so, well, we watch, you know, TV shows or mm-hmm. movies where you have the rich man, you know, the rich character always, and then they have, like, children mm-hmm. that are just spoiled brats. Yeah. You know, and, and we're sitting here going, man, I hate that person. Like, they're so annoying. They're just so entitled to everything, you know. But in, in a very real sense, a lot of times... Until we mature, a lot of us do that with our Christian walk with the Lord. We're constantly the rich man's son or daughter, and we just go to the Lord when we need something, and it's kind of like a revolving door. You know, we go to the Lord because we're desperate, and then things get good, and we go back out. We don't need them anymore. We don't need them anymore. And so then our relationship, our relationship solely depends on our need. That's just so heartbreaking for him. Oh, yeah. That just, like, makes me... Well, and and that's when you sit there and put that into the perspective of of putting yourself in the position of the Lord. Not that not that you could ever put yourself, but just imagine yourself that the Lord so desperately wants to have a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not about what you're doing. It's not about you know. They said we prophesied in your name, Lord. You know we cast out demons. We 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 did everything. We, uh, we performed miracles in Jesus' name, and he's still just sitting here saying, and God's going to turn you away because he doesn't know you. That right there shows me it's never about what we do. Yeah. It's never about, you know, you reading the, the Bible in, in your house. Uh, you know, well, I, Lord, I read a chapter a day. My, my whole life, I read a chapter of the Bible a day. I, I prayed, you know, I, I did all these things. But how are you praying? Was it was it just a 
Lord, just, you know, do, do you ever come, like Bill Johnson said, and just turn your affections toward him? That wrecked me mm-hmm. when he said that. Because he said, you're saying, as soon as I wake up, I turn my affections which means a lot of us wake up and we're and we think about all the things that we have to do that now. Yeah. I got to get these 15 things done today or else I'm behind. And if I don't get these things done, if I don't make this amount of money, if I don't do all these things. And Bill Johnson is literally setting the example of this. Not that, you know, he's a perfect person, mm-hmm. but he's just saying and he's a friend of God. Yeah. His perspective is as soon as I wake up, my affections are not on my to-do list. Mm-hmm. My affections are not even on my family. Mm-hmm. My affections are on God. And I spend time as soon as I wake up saying, Lord, thank you for waking me up today. Thank you. You know, praising him, thanking him for for everything that he's done. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people just wait for Sunday mornings and they're like during praise and worship and they're clapping their hands. Yeah, Lord, thank you for yeah. this week. Thank you for everything. But if if you had a friend that only came to you when they needed something, sooner or later you'd get burnt out on that. Oh, yeah. That reminds me of um, what I heard Larry Sparks say last night. He was talking um, about being a friend of God, really. And he said, the Lord is rising up people who can make their secret place mobile. And I think... Mm. Um, a lot of us, like I said earlier, we just wait for our quiet time with God or we even just wait till Sunday to turn our affections on him, to even think about him, um, longer than a minute or anything like that. But the Lord's calling up and he's rising up those people that can make their secret place, which means the time that they spend with him or no one's around and spend that time with him, but they can make it mobile because God wants to speak with you on the go. And he said something else here that I love so much. He said, we need to be people who can move from the throne room into the boardroom. So even in our waking day, you know, every day when we're at work doing this, doing that, turning our affections towards him, just being there with him, thinking on him, praying to him. It doesn't have to be, I think a lot of people think, well, to pray, I have to close my eyes and, and bow my head. And it's a very ritualistic thing. But guess what? I pray when I'm driving. My eyes are wide open. Mm Mm-hmm. Gray's yelling, music's playing, and I'm praying, you know, and just taking God on the go with us, not putting him in a compartment for a certain amount of time and at a certain place, but taking God with us. That's what being a friend of God is, and also to fear and revere the Lord, and what fear, John Bevere said it, I'm rhyming, John Bevere, revere, fear, that was weird. He wrote (laughs) wrote that book, yeah, Yeah. fear of the Lord. Yeah, and he talked about how, you know, we always wonder like, oh, we're supposed to be scared of God, no, but we're supposed to fear life without him. Mm -hmm. Reverence. Yes, and that's what fear of the Lord is like I never heard it explained like that but it just opened my eyes to like man that's good so we just need to live a life of man Lord I cannot live without you You, yeah oh well and and here's here's the thing that makes it even more specific right Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 29 11 we just talked about it a little bit ago yeah it says for I know the The plans that I have for you says the Lord Mm -hmm. God specifically took time to make plans for you and your family 
maybe maybe you're not married yet, but I I believe that the Lord has a spouse for you somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if you are married and you have children and you believe that the Bible is alive and it's active, mm-hmm. then Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says that God has a plan and a purpose for you. And you know, Jordan, whenever we pray at nighttime, I always say, Lord, thank you for the plan and the mm-hmm. purpose that you've made our family to do. Mm-hmm. N- not that we're perfect by any means or that we know exactly what that is, yeah. but it, I believe that we are supposed to be trying to figure that out, mm-hmm. right? And and the Lord is beckoning you, um, you know, and, and you get to that place where you have to be so desperate for for what the Lord has for you and your family that you're on a journey to figure that out. Because... Here's here's the important thing to know about being a friend of God. John chapter 15, right? Mm-hmm. We go in, I'm the vine, you know, the branches. It, it talks about abiding in the Lord. It here's, here's what's powerful in this. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. Mm, yes, yes. John, and here's verse 15. I no longer call you slaves. Because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Mm. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything that the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. Mm. Now, here's, here's what's important about that. A lot of us see God on that top platform yeah. and and we we're we're in ser- we're in servitude, right? Mm-hmm. We're serving God. Yeah. But when Jesus came and built that bridge, he's saying you're no longer slaves to your religion. I'm calling you friends because I want you in on mm-hmm. the plans and the purpose oh. that I have for your life. Mm-hmm. He's saying that the only way in verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. How do I become a friend of, of God? Because I'm sure that's what everyone's thinking. Right. We're talking about it. Right. We're, we're talking about it. So, so yeah. how, how do I become that? Mm-hmm. First of all, you have to believe that Jeremiah 29, 11 is for you and it's for your family. That God specifically chose you and your family to complete a certain task. God has a plan for your family specifically. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a... Well, it's together as a team. And you might right. have something different, but don't don't put... That's something, Aubrey, you and I realized. Sometimes we'd go off on our different ways. And God yeah. had a plan for me and a plan for Aubrey and a plan... No, he has a plan well, for us Yeah, together. and we had our separate times with the Lord. Yes. You know, I would talk to the Lord in my free time and you would too. Yeah. But there was a, there was a disconnect there mm-hmm. that was keeping us from truly walking in to what God has for us yes. together. Yes. Because when two people get married, they become one. Mm-hmm. So then it's no longer just you and God and me and God. It's mm-hmm. us yeah, and God. Yeah, the three-corded story. Right. And so Jesus is saying, the only way that you can be my friends is if you do what I command. Okay? Show me. Yeah. Show me in Scripture where it says to just do the casual Christian life and that being what he commanded us to do. Hmm. And and this is not a condemning thing that we're talking about right now. I hope everybody that's listening to this today understands that I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm actually doing some inner soul searching right now as we're even talking about it. If you want to be my friends, you have to do what I command. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have to stop everything, all the works that I'm doing right now that I think is going to get me into heaven. I got to stop doing it. Yeah. And I have to readjust and I have to come to the place between me, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit that says, okay, Lord, for you made a plan for me. The Bible tells me that you have a plan for my family. What is it? Yeah, just wake up. Reveal yourself. The Lord. Right. What's on your heart today for me and for my family? A, exactly. Exactly. And then we're sitting here going, because I believe, mm-hmm. I believe 100% without a doubt that God has a plan for us each day. Yeah. And we can miss the mark. Uh huh. For Definitely. the Apostle Paul says, for all fall short. Mm-hmm. So, so we can all miss the mark, but that doesn't mean. That God won't use you in a different way every day mm-hmm. if you're listening. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, you're, if you're doing what he has commanded you to do. A lot of people do the, do the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to church on Sundays. Hey, you go to a small group on Wednesday night. You're a nice person. You're nice to everybody. You're just, you're just a good person. There's nobody in your life that can say a bad thing about you. But that doesn't make you a friend of Jesus. What makes you a friend of Jesus is obeying what he's telling you to do. Everybody's assignment is different. But you have to discover what that is. But here's the crazy important thing. Maybe you're sitting here racking your mind going, Oh my gosh, I've never had the Lord tell me what he wants me to do that day. Or well, I've never asked. Or I've never asked. <laughs> right. But here's the crazy part. God wants to reveal everything to you. Verse 15 says, I no longer call you slaves. God's not just going to sit here and say, hey, Jordan, do this because I said so. Mm -hmm. He wants you to be obedient in that, but because he wants to reveal his plan to us. Well, because let me say this, this goes perfectly with it, that God shares his secrets with his friends. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but if I want to hear any secret, I want it to be God's secret. Yeah. Okay? The the one that made the heavens and the earth, the one that knows every single thing, and Mm -hmm. he tells his friends his secret. He entrusts his friends with his secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. And And that goes Yeah, You could be sitting here like me. I'm like, I wonder if the Lord's ever shared any secrets with me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you could easily say that. Yeah. But, but... It's okay. Maybe that hasn't happened for you. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Because you can start today. Exactly. Like, don't let the shame try to pull you. Don't let shame try to creep in. Right. This is challenging us all to just be like, oh, God, I I want to be your friend. Yeah. It's it's about switching from the heart of remorse Mm -hmm. to the heart of repentance. Yeah. Because repentance, right... The goodness of God draws people to repentance. Yes. It's not because anybody else is better. Maybe somebody else is in a different season than you are. That's mm-hmm. okay. Maybe somebody else hears from the Lord more than you. That's okay because the Lord wants to hear from you. Yeah. And the most powerful thing in John 15, and I just discovered this today, is right there in verse 16 where Jesus says, You didn't choose me. I chose you. Yeah. Oh, so Shane, get up out of here. There ain't no place for you. The Lord chose me. And with wow. with every... And, and I pictured that. I pictured that. I pictured somebody listening to this today 
even starting tomorrow, as soon as their alarm goes off and they go, oh crap, and hit the hit the buzzer, you know, like the sleep. Yeah. Because I do that all the time. I'll hit sleep. I'll hit the snooze button <laughs> like three times, but that's okay because I saw a shift coming when people really understand John fifteen, mm. verse sixteen, and they begin to wake up and their mind shifts that says, God chose me today. Mm. <laughs> I'm not choosing. I'm not choosing him because he already chose me first. Oh my gosh. I see it's like it's like early America Uncle Sam pointing yeah. at you. I cho- I want you. I cho- that's what Jesus does to yeah. us every day. Yeah. And <laughs> I thought about the words of this song in, in this play Hover and I love. And the guy says, rise up. When you're living on your knees, you rise up. Yeah. And it said, tell your sister that he's got to rise up. Tell your brother that he's got to rise up. We need yeah. to speak this truth to everybody around us. Yeah. Because when you truly grasp that Jesus, that God chose you, yeah. you didn't choose him. Which, of course, you know, we do when we... Yeah. But he's like, no, I chose you. Yeah. But that will change your life. That will wreck you. And... I chose you, right? In in verse 16, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Mm -hmm. You produce fruit Mm -hmm. when you're walking in the will of God for your life, for your family's life. So it brings us back, brings us back all around full circle. God, what is the plan? What did you ordain me and my family to do? That's the question. And when when a family discovers that, mm-hmm. that that this is what God has for us, there's nothing that can quench the fire of the Holy Spirit within you is when you really grasp and you know what you're called to do. Have you ever seen somebody that just jumps around from job to job and they can't really figure out what it is they're supposed to do? That that was me for a long time. I was mm-hmm. I was always willing to try and do whatever I could do. Just to, oh, this is something new. I'll take it. It's new. Something, something new. I, I need to change. I need to do something. It's because I didn't know what the will of God was for my life. And yeah. so everywhere that I looked and every door I tried to knock on, I fell on my face. Because I never took the time to be like, God, what do you have for my life? Because when you discover that, you find balance everywhere else. So... We have to we have to discover what what God's plan is for for our families and he appointed us to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give us whatever we ask. Can you imagine? I'm just saying if you have one of those friends that builds you up and you love your friend, you'll do anything for your yeah. friend. Mhm. Because it's like when you become a friend of God, some of the, you know, these desires that the Lord's given you, and you'll have the discernment to know which desires the Lord's given you and which are of your flesh. He wants to give those to you. Yeah. You're his beloved friend. He tells you his secrets. You, And the thing is, a friend on our side, when God tells us his secrets, we discern what to do with them, and he'll tell us what to do with them. And yet again, that's more obedience. Yeah. I, I think it's... It's, it's crucial for anybody that doesn't have a genuine, intimate relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. 
maybe maybe you're sitting here today and yeah, I I don't know how to figure that out. I would I would encourage you to start reading the book of John. Yes. John John was a disciple who got it. You know what I mean? Like he he really he really understood what it was like to be a friend the of God. The one who Jesus loved. Yeah. He literally called himself. <laughs> yeah, the the one who Jesus loved, the disciple whom wow. Jesus loved. He he really Grass, out, out of all the other Gospels that you could read, the difference is John's Gospel is written from a perspective of a man who knew he was loved by God. And he lived it. And he lived it. Right. And, and so we, when, we, when we discover that, and we're reading right there in, in John 15, and you will produce lasting fruit. Um, I heard a pastor the other day, I, I was re- listening to a, a podcast of his, and he said... Do you know what the gift is? Uh, he said, like, the gift of of success or, or something. Oh, man, I forgot what it was. Hold on a second. Um, I got I to gotta look this up because I took it up in my notes. And oh, okay. It was, it was so it was so powerful because here, here's, here's what it said. The gift you receive from growth is pruning. Mm-hmm pruning and that so a lot of times if you and and this is why i'm saying whoever's listening to this that doesn't know read through the book of john yes specifically john chapter 15 15. john chapter 15 will wreck you but the gift that you receive from growth is more pruning because not only does god want you to produce fruit Mm -hmm. but he wants you to produce more fruit he wants you to flourish he wants you to flourish right and how do you how do we make plants and trees flourish we got to cut off the dead limbs we got to do all so if you're growing if you're a person that's trying to grow and you keep running into seasons of pruning and it's like man lord this just keeps getting harder and harder I know it sounds cliche, but James chapter 1, verse 2, count it all joy when you yeah. fall on those trials. Because the gift, you know you're growing when there's more pruning taking place. Because God not only wants fruit, but he wants long-lasting fruit. Mm. And that's what John tells us in, in chapter 15. It's, it's not just enough. <gasps> the fruit of a friend of God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know. That just hit me. That's yeah. why I just said yeah. it. No, I, I just think, I think it's important. It's, okay, so now we have to ask ourselves the question. We need to be prepared for when when an unsaved, a non-believer is to, is to ask us, how do you know that you're a friend of God? Because I, I commune with him every day. I obey him. I obey his commandments. He tells me. Yeah. I mean, th- that, that's basically what he's saying. Um, you are my friends if you do what I command. John chapter 15. So mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm going before the Lord every day and asking him, Lord, what, what do you have for me today? What would you like me to do today? Mm-hmm. And, and we follow through on those things that the Lord's asking us to do. Then he, he knows us and we know him on a different level. And I just want you all to know, because <clears throat> we've dealt with this too, Sometimes our worst fear is to ask the Lord what he wants us to do and in hearing what it is. (laughs) (laughs) And be like, no, I knew it was going to be that. But I promise you, it looks so much scarier than what it actually is. And you're going to feel the joy of the Lord and the peace and all these things that when you do what the Lord has asked you to do, 
Mm-hmm. Like there's something in it. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And that's why the enemy puts that scary curtain over it. When yeah. the Lord asks us to do something like, no, God, please, no. Just do it. For real, do it. Yeah. Because, man, it's it's worth it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you get to understand and recognize the fact that God calls me his friend. Mm. I think one of the, the scariest things for me would be to spend my life doing what I think is right and get uh, stand before the Lord and then him to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. And then we can sit there and try to defend ourselves all day long and be like, but Lord, I did this, I did this. He already told us. Mm-hmm. You're my friend if you obey what I command you to do. So I got to get in there and I got to build a relationship with him to where I can hear what he's commanding me to do 24-7. Yeah. You know, and, and just, I want to be a friend of God. Yeah. And that's what our identity needs to be. Yeah. We're, we're a son and daughter and we're a friend of God. Before we're anything else. Before we're a mom, a spouse. Yeah. Whatever. He, I mean, it's... It's crazy to think about it that way. But our our number one priority, a lot of people have so many different priorities and, and we all have different perspectives. But if you believe that the Bible is true, it's accurate, it's alive and sharper than any two-edged sword, then you know our number one priority is to be a friend of God and to be a son a daughter of the most high you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. it it changes your perspective completely but starting first step starting tomorrow i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna turn my affections toward him and i'm gonna say lord i thank you for another day yeah thank you for the breath in my lungs thank you for allowing me another opportunity because the Bible also tells us that tomorrow's not guaranteed. So I want to be thankful for every day that does come about. And whenever friends do stuff for us, we're thankful for it. And so if we're a friend of God, we need to be thankful every day for every opportunity and everything he extends Mm -hmm. to us. Lord, thank you for your mercy, your grace, your favor every day on my life and on my family. But Mm. that's it. Mm. That's it. That's it. I am a friend. Of <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he calls me friend. Yeah, there you go. But anyways, guys, I, thank you again for for joining us today. Thank you for listening. Um, these are just, I believe, authentic questions that we have to ask is, you know, what, are you a friend of God? I hope that after listening today, you gain some type of insight into that and let's grow together. Mm-hmm. Yes, make sure to um, rate our podcast so that we yeah. show up more um, for people and let us know what you think about it too. We'd love to get some yeah. feedback. Absolutely. That would be amazing. But we will see you guys next week and we love you guys. Have a great week. Bye.